You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free. I want to expound one verse tonight. We're in our series on freedom, though I will not use the word freedom a lot tonight. It, it really ties into last Sunday night's message on dying to self. And really, it is a different view on this morning of justification, knowing how we stand before God. But now we're going to take a little bit different look at ourselves tonight. And uh, I want to preach on something that will bring revival to your home, bring revival to your marriage. I want to teach something that is the nerve center of Christianity. And I believe that this will really help you if you allow it tonight. And so let's come to the word of God, Romans chapter number seven, and let's stand to our feet tonight. We'll begin reading here in verse number 15. We'll read several verses. Romans 7, verse number 15. The Apostle Paul is speaking under the inspiration of God Almighty when he writes, For that which I do I allow not, for what I would that do I not, but what I hate that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good, that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth where? Do not forget that tonight. For I know that in where? Me. That is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that what? I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into what? Captivity. To the law of sin, which is where? In my members, over and over. Verse 24 is the verse I want to just stick with and expound. And I'm going to preach about it, talk about it quite a bit tonight. And I pray that you'll follow. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of of this death. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I want you to understand tonight is about the good man versus the spiritual man. Don't miss this before we're seated and pray or pray and seated. Tonight is not about the carnal man or the wicked man. Tonight is about the good man. And I'm not here to condemn the good man. I think the Lord, and by the way, when I say man, I'm talking about mankind. Male, female, old, young, all of us. And I'm not here. I thank God for good men. And I thank God for good people. But tonight, we're going to look at the good man versus the spiritual man. Most Everybody in this room, and I say this with great respect and something that uh, we are a family and I love each and every person in this room, but this is just a fact. And I believe when we're at the end of the message, you'll agree with me. Most of the people in this room are good people. Good people. We're talking about honorable and decent and upright and wants to do what is right. Good people. Most of Christianity, uh, I, I guess I couldn't say most of Christianity, but most of uh, Bible-believing Christianity, they're good people. 
There are many people in this room that do not understand that just being a good, honorable, upright, and decent person does not make you spiritual. And so the vast majority of Christendom are good people, but they're not spiritual people. And there are millions of millions and millions of Christians. And they want to do what is right, and they want to be a good person, and they're trying to be a good person and honest and upright and check all the boxes, but they are not spiritual. There are very, very, very few spiritual people in this world. Very few. And here's the thing tonight with a church like this. I believe that everybody in this room, or just about everybody, I, I can't speak for the hearts of everybody, but just about everybody in this room would be spiritual and wants to be spiritual if only you knew how to be spiritual. Well, that's what the word of God is for. That's not what I'm for. That's what you're for. That's what the word of God is for, that we may grow thereby. That's what the scriptures say. And so we come tonight to exhort, to rebuke, to uh, expound the word of God together that we may be a spiritual person. And I, it's my prayer that I will walk out of this room tonight spiritual and that you'll walk out of this room tonight spiritual. Father, I pray that you'll take this message and free us, Lord, from ourselves. Help us to understand, Lord, the truths of your word and what Paul was trying to teach here. And that's why you had him write it for us tonight in 2017 on this night. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now notice verse number 24. I'm not going to turn to a lot of scriptures tonight. Normally there's 30 to 40 to 50, sometimes 100 passages of scriptures in every message. Tonight, we're just going to stick with just a few. Notice verse number 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Notice what it did not say. He did not say, oh, wretched thing that I've done. He did not say to deliver me from death. No, he said to deliver me from the body of this death. He said, to he said, oh, wretched man that I am. Now, that's very, very key and very, very important to all of this as we lay a foundation to the good man versus the spiritual man. Do you want to be a good and honorable and upright and just check the box kind of a Christian clean and try to keep your record clear? Or do you want to be a truly spiritual and I could take 20 minutes, I won't, but let me just take 10 seconds and say, when you are spiritual, there's when revival comes in your home. And when you are spiritual, there was when true peace and joy and growth, and you can grow day by day. And we do not live in this perpetual rut of backsliddenness and of laziness and this mockery of Christianity and religiosity that we go through in life. No, we're truly spiritual, and very, very few people are. I want to show you from this verse tonight what the Lord of uh, the, the Word of God, uh, and the, the Lord of the Word, God Almighty, has brought from these pages to our heart. Let me just say again, most people in this room are good, solid, decent, honorable, check the box, hardworking, whatever you want to call it, people. But really, very few have entered into that spiritual Life. What are the differences between the good man and the spiritual man? I'm going to give you several differences tonight. And you're going to have to listen. You're probably not going to be able to write it all down. You can make some notes, but I'm going to try to uh, stick here to the word of God and just come down through comparing the good man with the spiritual man. Number one, the good man and the spiritual man have a different attitude towards self and sin. I'm going to say it again. The good man and the spiritual man have a different attitude towards self and towards sin. Now, with that as our foundation right here, everything I'm going to give you for the next about 10 to 12 minutes is going to be under that thought. 
the difference between the good man and the spiritual man that very few people are, that really find that promised land kind of a life, is their attitude towards self and towards sin. The good man hates sin just as much as the spiritual man. The good man hates to do sin just as much as the spiritual man. The good man wants victory over sin just as much as the spiritual man. Now understand tonight, and you're going to have to listen and put your thinking cap on. I'm, I'm talking about good people tonight. I'm talking about people you take your hat off for and say there's a good man or a good woman or a good mom or a good dad. And these are honorable things. Now, if you don't want to do those kind of things, uh, you're not even a good, decent, upright, honorable kind of person. You just need to get right with God tonight. That's not, we're not dealing with that tonight. We're dealing with good people that want to do right and want to have victory and want a good home and want a good marriage and want to serve the Lord and want to please the Lord. And a good man wants all of these things. Well, then what is the difference between a good man and a spiritual man? Well, here it is. The good man hurts at doing wrong. The spiritual man hurts at being wrong. I'm going to say it again. The good man hurts that he has done something wrong or not been the individual. And you fill in the blank of your roles of life. The spiritual man hurts at actually being wrong. Now, that's, that's pretty deep, but let it absorb. and just we're going, to, we're going to stay here and just let it drip all the way down deep into our hearts tonight. The good man hurts when he commits a sin. The doing of sin is distasteful to the good man. And I'm talking about a good man. I'm not here to condemn that person. Thank God for good, honorable. We need more people in the world like that. But I'm talking to a church tonight, disciples that say, let's go on and take the next step and be spiritual. So the good man is distasteful towards sin and towards wrong and not being right and not doing right. The spiritual man hurts between the wrong doings, and he, by the way, hurts from doing wrong, and it grieves him. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, it's distasteful to him as well, but he hurts in between because he knows he is wrong. Now, stay with me. This is going to help me and you tonight. The good man hurts because of what he does. The spiritual man hurts because of what he is. The good man hurts because of the deed. The spiritual man hurts because of the source of that deed. And I know you're thinking, so it's okay that I don't have a lot of amens tonight, but if you get it, you can just say, mm -hmm, okay, I got it, and that, that'll help me just move on a little bit, but that's okay. I want you to think, the, the good man, the honorable man that I'm talking about, men and women, teenagers, everybody, please don't clock out, they hurt at, at, at the deed that they did something wrong. And they're grieved at that, oh, I did that, I can't believe I did that, and I wasn't the husband or the wife, I wasn't the child, I wasn't, and you're a good person, but the spiritual man hurts at who he is, the source of that wrong. The good man, when he does wrong, if he's a good man, he'll make it right. If he has wronged somebody, he'll go and restore. Why? Because he's a good individual. He does what is right. He makes it right. He wants to set the record straight at all costs. If he's wronged you, he'll go fix it. If he said something unkind, he'll apologize. That's a good man. By the way, you're not good. You're not honorable. You're not decent. If you won't say, I'm sorry, and please forgive me, and I want to make this right, or I cheated you, or I didn't treat you right. Those are, and look, again, tonight, I cannot stress enough, thank God for good people. But my book says we are to grow and be spiritual. And so the good man, he's willing to say, I'm sorry, do whatever it takes to make it right. The good man wants to correct it so he can be right 
and set the record clear. I'm right, good, ah, finally. But the spiritual man never feels that he is right or correct. He knows what he is in the sight of Almighty God. He is sorry for who he is and not for what he's done. By the way, I'm getting ahead of myself here because I'm coming to repentance as one of about the three points here, three main points. But that's true repentance right there. And I hope you're really thinking, let the word, this is what Paul is saying. Oh, wretched thing that I've done. Are you listening, church? Oh, wretched man that I am. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. I'm grieved that I am a broken, sinful, fleshly man. The good that I would, I do not. Lord, I need you. I want to be set free, and we'll come to that at the end of the chapter here, and we'll tie it all together. But the spiritual man never feels that he is right or correct. He knows what he is in the sight of God. I'm talking about here on my own. Good, I got it all right. We stand constantly as a spiritual man uh, before God saying, Lord, I need you. This is true repentance, and this is true humility, and this is true dying to self. The good man is sorry for what he's done. The spiritual man is sorry for who he is. Let me just tell you something. When you have a child or a teenager, and I can say this with the authority of God's word, when, a, when an individual is just sorry that they got caught or sorry that they uh, did something wrong, and yeah, they apologize, and that's good. Thank the Lord that they're not living in rebellion. But oh, father or mother, to train that child and bring that child to a place where they know they need God. And for without him, they can clean up all they want to, but they'll just keep going back into sin. And that's what this is all about tonight. Spiritual man knows that the heart is desperately wicked, that he can never be right on his own. This is the message tonight. Oh, wretched man that I am. Spiritual man knows that he needs the Lord and he must walk in his way and to lean on him and to be in his path. Oh, wretched man that I am, not old thing that I've done. What save me from the who shall deliver me from this body of death? The spiritual man knows that even after he has done something he or she shouldn't, he knows the source of that sin and knows that he must daily rely upon God. The good man wants to do differently in the future. If he makes a mistake, he's sorry for it. Hey, you know, I don't want to do that again. The spiritual man wants to be different. In the future, the good man will fall down, dust himself on, and go on again. But the spiritual man wants to get God and get God down in the source of that sin. Let me let me let me just explain this real quick because I'm just giving you a lot of stuff out the gate. A good person will come and they'll get things right with God. Lord, I I, I haven't been you know whether you come to an altar and you're pure in your heart or in your home and family altar whatever. Lord, I've done wrong. I have not been the husband. I want to grow. And and look, a good people will have that attitude you got to start there. If you're not there and you don't care about doing right, you're just floating through life, get right with God. I'm talking about good, honorable, decent, upright, moral, good people. The good man will get that right. You know, I want to be right. Man, I'm glad I heard preaching from the book. Man, our preacher thunders it out. And I just got right and the Holy Spirit works. And, and they'll go back and, and just sit down. But a spiritual man gets up and he's drawn a little bit closer to God to see himself for who he really is. And he walks back to his pew not... That he got something right, but he says, Lord, I want to be right. And he sits down in that pew, said, hey, I checked it off the list. Thank God I got that right. I said, sorry, I apologize to whoever. But a spiritual man says, oh, Lord, without you, I am nothing. 
you have shown me my sin and you've shown me who I am and you've shown me my weakness. You've shown me my temper and you've shown me my anger and you've shown me my addiction. and You've shown me my flesh and my sin and my desires and my prone to leave you. Oh God, I need you more and more. The spiritual man walks away with a burden. The good man walks away just clean and wiping. You said, no, wait a minute, you just preached this morning about being justified. I'm talking about being, excuse me, justified in the sight of God because of the strength. Uh, what did I do? Mess the pulpit up? I hit the pulpit? Whatever. Okay. All right. I'm glad I can get a reaction out of you. I'll just bump the pulpit every once in a while. Listen, this will change your life tonight. I have to think of where I was. This is important. I'm on a train here. You're trying to, you preach forever. You get on a track and you're trying to get somewhere. Otherwise, I'll, I'll ramble and I'll start speaking my thought and not God's thought that I've been studying and praying over and saying, Lord, what do you want me to say tonight? From your word. So a spiritual man is more burdened. And spiritual people that I've gotten around and read biographies of great missionaries of old time and all the way into our modern days like uh, Dr. Curtis Hudson, many of you know, and a truly spirit-filled man on his deathbed talking about winning souls, one of the greatest uh, people bringing souls to Christ. And they said, oh, he, and, and, and talked about his son. And he said, oh, no, I, I did not do what I should have done. I should have told way more. He had a burden to be right because he understood the source of his wandering, the source of his sin. A good man is checking a box off. I got it right. I walk on and there's no growth there. You want to grow, sir? You want to grow, ma'am? Be a spiritual Christian, a spiritual man. If all you do is turn from what you have done instead of turning from who you are, you'll never grow. I'm going to say it again. If all you do is turn from what you have done instead of turning from who you are, you'll never grow. I don't know about you, but I'm convicted right now. But I'm also excited because the word of God is living and true. And Paul's saying, I told you, I told you. That's why I wrote it there. God showed it to me. God gave it to me. And now I'm giving it to you. You can be spiritual. You can die to self. You can hunger and thirst after righteousness and after God because your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. Good man wants to feel like he has succeeded in turning from sin. Spiritual man just wants to be like Jesus. The closer he gets to Jesus, the more he sees his flaws and he relies on Jesus. I want to be a spiritual man tonight. There is an attitude that says, <clears throat> that's taken care of. That's a good man. That's taken care of. The spiritual man has an attitude. No, 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 no. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that you have forgiven that sin and that you have not imputed that to my account as I preached about justification this morning. But I know the source of that sin. And let me just stop here for a little station identification. Whether you like it or not, and we don't like to hear these things, but it's so true. Every sin in this old, nasty, dirty, sinful world, you and I are capable of committing. Now, you don't have to agree with that, but that's the truth of God's word. We're capable. We don't have to. And we've been given a way out. And the spirit of God lives inside of me. He says, no, I don't want to do that. How does one go from the place of David as he was to laying at the grave of Uriah with blood on his hands and an illegitimate child? He began to look at individual sins instead of who he was before an almighty God and who God was, the great savior and the great leader and the great master and the one to be feared above all else and the only God to be worshipped. We need Christians that don't just get things right with God but come and get themselves right and say, Lord, it is me. And I'll never, my flesh will never be clean. My flesh will... 
But oh God of heaven, I can rely on you and rest in you and stay on your word and stay in prayer and I can grow. The good man compares himself to what he ought to be and sets out to do just that. By the way, that's really a hard, hard way to do it. Spiritual man compares himself to Jesus, realizes that he can never be in that, spends the rest of his life trying to get to know him and get close to him so that his righteousness will be enrobed on his life. Do you understand that tonight? Because by the way, every culture and every church is different. And we have these bars and these things. So a good man will look at, okay, I'm good if I, and then fill in the blank. But if you go down to the, 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 church, at the, um, the church at the school, it's a different level. If you go to the church north of town, it's a different level. If you go to the Amish community, it's a different level of what a good man is. You go to, you see what I'm saying? This is what's wrong with Christendom. And so everybody's picking and choosing churches like, you know, they're picking and choosing their coffee shop. And how, how spiritual they are and where they can fit in. Instead of a spiritual man saying, I'm comparing my life to Jesus Christ. And oh, to be like Marion Avenue. Oh, to be like Jacob Berg or Brother Curtis or Brother Russ. Or oh, to be like Jesus. I'm telling you tonight from the word of God, the difference between a good man and a spiritual man. Let me just say, you will not grow until you are dissatisfied with yourself. Now, I'm not here tonight to bring condemnation. No, 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 no. I'm here tonight to bring a clean need and hunger and thirst as the giants of the Bible had coming and saying, Oh, God, what wretched man I am. I need you. You can't be humble without this. This is why pride comes in because we're good and we check off the boxes and we try to compare and we try, hey, look, I, I can't have an attitude that, hey, I'll check off. No, I am wicked and vile and unrighteous, but Jesus Christ in his mercy and his grace chose me and called me and saved me. And I thank God for that. And listen, until I'm glorified and I walk on streets of gold with a truly glorified body, I'm going to have this body of death. Oh, wretched man that I am. You say, well, oh, I never want to do wrong. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you're a spiritual person. You've, you've denied that. And look, the more you walk in the spirit, spirit, the more you deny the cravings of the flesh. But let me tell you something. Never get, to your, get, your place, get yourself to the place where you preach to others and then, and then you realize the Bible all along and say, hey, you can be a castaway. You can be a castaway. And I could spend the next 20 minutes talking about David, talking about Moses, talking about Abraham, talk, wicked, vile, nasty sins. Why? They stopped forgetting who they were and who he is. If you will become what God wants you to be, you will do what God wants you to do. And that's surrender. It's what we said last Sunday night. That's what it's all about. You come and give your sins to God. God just says, you come and give you to me. You come and give you to me. You give me all your life. Don't just give me that anger and that temper, you nasty, rotten, vile temper and anger and lust and hatred and bitterness and gossip and backbiting. Come and give me you, God says. And that's what Paul is trying to say. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. The good man can reach his goal. Don't miss this. This is where pride comes in and apathy. Brother Abe, Brother Randy, this is why, this is why you, many times there's no revival and you preach and you preach and, and you got a great, incredible revivalistic kind of church and new Christians. Why sometimes just a glass over? Why? Because I've reached my goal. It amazes me sometimes I can come in on a Sunday morning and Sunday morning people will sit here a lot of times and I'll just be coming down across it, across the word of God. And I know maybe I'm not preaching in the spirit. I'm trying to and all of that. But sometimes I think, does not anybody need this? To be honest with you, the good man doesn't. 
I'm good. I got a, a good record. I'm all right. I checked everything off. No, I, I honey, we good. I, baby, we good. You know, kids, we good. Hey, I got it going all right. And, and notice this. Why is it just when people are in sin or when people are in trial, they're the ones getting right with God because they see it. Wait a minute. God wants us all to grow and to be spiritual. And so when we've got all the boxes checked off, we reached our goal. Hey, we're good. There's a lot of people in the auditorium right now that way. You're good. Why listen to preaching? I mean, it's good. Great. I'm glad to hear that thought. Okay, Paul, oh, wretched man that I am. But a spiritual man can never reach his goal until he walks on streets of gold. And there is a craving. David puts it this way. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul longeth after thee, O God. A craving to be right. To be more like him. Instead of reaching that goal. So a good man tonight can read, a good individual can reach his goal. The spiritual man will never reach his goal until he gets to heaven. And you say, well, I don't like that. Hey, look, that's the way that it is. We were born in sin. We got this old flesh. Hey, this robe of flesh, I will drop. I will rise and meet him in the sky and I will be glorified. Thank the Lord. A good man will have pride and judge another because he got over that. The spiritual man knows that he will always be growing. A good man obeys a rule. The spiritual man obeys a ruler and wants to be like him. Isn't that good? The good man can reach his goal because he wants to do good, but the spiritual man wants to be good and is always growing. That's why the apostle Paul said, O wretched man that I am. David said, I am the chief of sinners. Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. David said, my sin is ever before me. O wretched man that I am. And we could come down throughout all of the scriptures. You'll never be spiritual if you think you're good and you've reached that mark. I shall be satisfied when I awake in his likeness. No spiritual man ever thinks he's spiritual. Are you listening tonight? No spiritual man ever thinks he's arrived. The good man is concerned about the deed. The good man is concerned, the, the spiritual man is concerned about the source. Now, I hit on this just briefly. I got ahead of myself. That was all under number one. There's just a few and we'll be done. Number two, the difference between the good man and the spiritual man. I hope somebody in this room says, I want to be spiritual tonight. Oh, God, work in my heart. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the apostle Paul. Just so transparent, open to putting it out there. Number two, the difference between the good man and the spiritual man is in his attitude towards repentance. And I, I'm just so anxious to jump ahead, but his attitude towards repentance. To the good man, repentance is a deed. To the spiritual man, it is a state to live in. Repentance. To the good man, it's a deed. Hey, I said, God, I'm sorry. I turned from that deed or from that way or whatever the case may be. But a spiritual man knows his weakness. He knows his weakness. And he says, I'm going to live with a reliance daily, never ceasing to pray, hungry, oh, for children to see a daddy live in a state of repentance. Where the I'm sorry's and the prayer and the walking with God is daily. Hey, you know why you struggle to read your Bible and pray and have a relationship with God? Why should you? You got it checked off. You checked off the box. You put God back in the box and you moved on. You've reached your goal. Oh, but for some in this room, it says, I haven't reached my goal. 
in all the growth and the joy and the true repentance. Why? Because repentance is not a deed. It's not something you do at an altar at 215 South Marion Avenue. It's something you live. The good man wants forgiveness. The spiritual man wants pureness. When David sinned and got right, he said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He went on and he lived in repentance. And because of that, God called him a man after God's own heart. He was a spiritual man. You said, David, who murdered Uriah and sinned with Bathsheba? Absolutely. Because he understood the difference between a good man and a spiritual man. Yes, he fell and yes, he sinned. But then you read the Psalms and you see the scriptures and you see his hungering and thirst and saying, my sin is ever before me. So the difference between a good man and a spiritual man is an attitude towards repentance. Number three, the difference between a good man and a spiritual man is an attitude towards others in sin. Towards others in sin. And Paul, the apostle Paul, you study his life and we could go all over the scriptures, but I'm just kind of giving you a topical from this, expounding this passage of scripture here, this verse. Uh, But you see the apostle Paul talking about restoration and talking about sin and others. Let me just say this. A good man is concerned about the actions The spiritual man is concerned about the source of those actions. So now listen closely. That's why the Bible says, ye that are what restore? Spiritual. Here's why. A good man is concerned about reaching a goal. And he's looking, again, we're comparing a good man and a spiritual man in the view of the actions of others and their sin. Judgment, if you will. And a good man's concerned about those actions, what has been done. But a spiritual man is concerned about the heart. That's why Brother Randy's a spiritual man. That's why pastors uh, like Brother Randy, uh, man, people have asked him, how can you see what people do and the debauchery that people live in and still love them? It's because he's not looking at the individual sin and all the stuff you counsel and, and go through. He's looking at the source of that sin. The heart that has created that sin that is desperately wicked above all else. And he knows that we are lost without his word and lost without Jesus. And so we lift him up and we preach him and we teach him and we challenge and we exhort and we rebuke and we try to push people to get to know Jesus. But the good man looks at the actions. The good man has little patience with one that is committing the sins that he's not committing because he's already reached his goal in that area. The spiritual man looks at himself and says, I'm exactly like they are. And if it was not for the grace of God, I'd be there. But thank God for his abundant grace. A good man looks at an individual in sin and looks at that individual's sin and, well, you know, a spiritual man, he's like somebody that's carrying some nasty disease, let's say AIDS. But the AIDS is in remission. But he knows that he's still carrying the capability of that. He sees somebody else with AIDS. And there's a heart to help that individual. Why? Because though his disease is in remission, he knows the root is still there. Let me just tell you something. As long as you have a living, breathing body, don't you buy into all this false doctrine of sinless perfection. And we'll teach what all that means and how people get off on all this sinless perfection, meaning that your body would never sin again. And there's no, no desire for that at all. Let me just tell you something tonight. You're carrying that seed. Jesus has made us clean. You need to listen to the message on justification. It sounds like the opposite of this message here, but they're coming together to compliment one another. And he's made me clean in the sight of God, just as if I'd never sinned. Thank God for justification. But let me tell you something. 
if I raise up my old head and say, I've checked the boxes, I am a good man, I will fall. I know that I am capable of ruining my marriage, of hurting my children, of hurting this church, and of hurting you. Do you? Do you? Are, are, we, are we craving to be a spiritual man tonight, a spiritual woman, a spiritual child, a spiritual teenager, a spiritual uh, 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 son or daughter, a mother, a father, a grandma or a grandpa? And so let me just stop and say, not all good men are Pharisees, but Pharisees are made out of good men. Not all good men, because there's a lot of good men that are not Pharisees and they just, just move on. But let me tell you something, Pharisees are made out of good men, but you cannot make a Pharisee out of a spiritual man. To a good man, sin is a bad mark on his good. His white record has a spot on it. To the spiritual man, he has no white record on his own. Don't miss that in relation to this morning's message. He says, I'm only good in Christ Jesus and when I'm walking with him. Are you still listening tonight? Is everybody still here? Is the Holy Spirit of God, I hope, moving and working and, and, and just, oh, just knifing it into us and saying, come on, be spiritual. Take that next step and grow. You ever get to the place where you know you're not at the place where you know you need to be, then you're at a place where God can begin to do a work in your life. But to too many people, I've arrived. And I just don't understand why so-and-so hasn't arrived. My wife has asked me before, and this doesn't mean that she's a good person and I'm a spiritual person, okay? I'm not going to analyze that stuff. I know who I am before God and all of that. But she'll say, you know, you hear a lot of what people has done and all of this stuff. And I know I'm kind of repeating here. How do, you, how, do you, how do you not get angry at people? And, man, they're just blowing their marriage up or blowing their life up or whatever the case may be. And she's not angry. She's just asking me as a husband and wife, us conversing. And all that I can say is through the reading of God's word, I know that if it were not for the grace of God, I would be doing that to my marriage. And I need him day by day by day to rely on him and need him so that I can stand in his presence, spotless and clean. Not of my works of my own righteousness, but what he is doing in and through me. So the attitude towards others in sin, I could say a lot about that, but don't just be a good person. Be a spiritual person. This is why the Bible says, ye that are what? Restore? Spiritual. Why? Because a spiritual man can come down and help that individual. The other is beating them over the, over the thing with the beam that they had in their eye. Remember the scriptures? Spiritual man says, I... Oh, Lord, I know where the source of this is. The source is in the heart. And the so this is why they view America. Some people view America. Oh, this dirty old nasty world. And all. Others view America. Oh, they need Jesus. Just like I needed Jesus. And just like I need Jesus. Last but not least, the difference between the good man and the spiritual man in his attitude toward souls. In his attitude toward souls. Souls is near and dear to the heart of God. And if we are, by the way, the power of God, the spirit of God, the presence of God was for the power uh, to win souls. You shall be endued with power. Why? So that you can go tell others about Jesus. That's our purpose. Now, don't, don't clock out tonight. Please be a spiritual person and want more, crave more. Don't just say, I'm good. I got it. I'll move on. Hey, listen, this will change your life tonight. You'll come into this auditorium. Next service, a little bit different. Say, hey, I'm hungry. I need more. I need more instead of. Okay, I'm good. I've been coming to Mary and Avenue my whole life. Hey, listen, you can have revival in your marriage and revival in your home and revival in this church and revival on your bus and revival in your life. Why? Because you say, oh, wretched man that I am. Oh. But, the, but the attitude towards souls, let me give you this. So, so very good. The good man has a burden for the lost. I said a good man. Not a bad man because a bad man don't care. 
They, they, they're saved and they got it and they don't care. There's nothing more uncaring and more wicked than just, I don't care if people die and spend an eternity in hell. But a good man has a burden for their spouse to be saved. A burden for their son or their daughter to be saved. Your children, and you ought to. A good man has a burden for a grandma or a grandpa or an aunt or an uncle to be saved. Are you listening tonight? A good man has a burden for that which is affecting them. Maybe a neighbor or maybe a coworker that they're seeing every day. And over time, a good man will say, I don't want that coworker to die and go to hell. But a spiritual man has a burden for the lost. It's not about him and the connection that he knows. Now, a spiritual man's burden for those around him too, but there's a burden for the lost. And people can come into this church and have a visitor and, man, preacher, I hope you preach. And even this morning, oh, thank you for that message. I had some lost people here. Thank you. And I'm saying, oh, that's awesome. But guess what? Who doesn't care? Many times, many times. Be honest. Let's be honest. I didn't have a visitor here. My neighbor here wasn't here. My, my lost. Hey, if anybody in this room's got a lost grandparent, and they come in this room, and I start preaching about the gospel, maybe at the Christmas play, and I'm holding up the cross, and you're leaning in and watching. <gasps> That's good. That's good. But a spiritual man says, for God so loved the world. A spiritual man comes in here, and it's not about the visitors. It's about the lost. It's not about pleasing the church members in what kind of a production. You know why many times I get so uptight and I want everything to be right. It's not about some individual setting out here. It's about lost souls. And pleasing the Lord God Almighty who wants to convict their heart and save them. But how many times have I been guilty? When I know somebody, maybe a friend or neighbor. Oh, I want them to come to the Christmas play to get saved. Well, what about the rest of them that are there that you don't even know? Spiritual man says, let this mind be in them. Hey, listen, this would revolutionize our church. We have a mission field, Brother Randy. You see it. Hey, listen, God bless. We went out this week, organized, and so God organized, brought them in. There were visitors all over the place. It's a mission field. And a spiritual man sitting there saying, I don't know who that guy is over there, but old Lord, save his soul. There was a lost person at our Valentine banquet, lost, steeped into another faith of a Middle Eastern thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know him. I don't care. But guess what? If at that same banquet, maybe a lost spouse or a, a stepbrother or stepsister or some relative there, oh, I, I hope Brother Eddie gets on the gospel a little bit. Is anybody listening tonight? But a spiritual man says, he looked upon the multitudes and had compassion. May we be a church that says, I want to be spiritual. I'm glad I have a burden for some lost friend or neighbor. And, you know, but no, I have a burden for this church corporately here together. Why? Because we're trying to reach the masses with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Spiritual man. Good man is concerned about what you do instead of who you are. Spiritual man will continue to grow in grace. There's no end. Why? Because we know who we are. A spiritual man can quit cussing and quit being angry and hatred and bickering or sin, addiction, whatever. And then they're going to fall into that. You see why people just go right back in this trap? But a spiritual man walks away with the burden to be right. Oh, God, I want to be right, and I can't without you. The good man is sorry for what he's done. The spiritual man is sorry for what he is. Let's read the last verse together. As we stand to our feet together as a church, the pianos and organists begin to come. Romans chapter 7 and verse number 25. 
Romans chapter 7 and verse 25. Let's read verse 24 and 25 together. Oh, wretched man, read it out loud, that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Here it is. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Stop. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me read it. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I understand that the law of sin is constantly warring against me. He said there's another war going on. It's constantly warring against me. So I turn in not a... Okay, I, I, I did that one thing and I said, God, I'm sorry. I turned from that and I live, that's a true repentance, in a state of living for Jesus. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Father, do a deep work in our heart as I believe you already have done. I don't know who you've spoken to other than me. But you've spoken to me and you've given me, Lord. Oh, so much to think about, so much to work on. Lord, I am nothing without you. We are nothing without you. May we live every day hungry and thirsty to know you more. May we do business with you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come to this altar? The steps aren't going to do anything magical, but uh, look, man has always done business with God at an altar. You can go back through the great awakenings. You can go back through the, and look, whether kneeling at a bedside, kneeling out on an old gravel road, or kneeling here corporately together as a church and bowing the knee and saying, God, I'm not just coming tonight to get my dysfunction in my marriage right I'm coming to get me right Lord I cannot reach a goal I'll never be good enough but Lord you are you are you are I know what I am Lord so therefore I determine and commit to live every day walking with you thank you you're here tonight and you need to be saved you need to get that soul that spirit you need to get renewed, awakened, clean. He's calling you. He's choosing you. He's reaching out to you. Would you come? He's not willing that you should perish. Just step forward. Get our attention. We'll see you. Come to know Christ tonight. Don't walk out of this door and face an eternity without God and without hope.